you know, it's a system that a lot of parts of Europe never went to. And that's why their nutrient density in their food is so much higher. And you don't see the crazy rates of obesity in these places. Like Italians eat pasta every day. Almost no one has celiac because their pasta isn't sprayed with a bunch of crap. They have really high integrity for their food quality, you know? I just learned that. And I was like, I have to go to be able yeah. to eat the bread. Oh, oh God, the homemade pasta. It's oh. amazing. And like, you know, it's just all with the quality of food that they're using. They take their time. It's slow. It's local. And everyone has a backyard garden. But what they don't grow, someone nearby does. That is Lindsay Bennett. Lindsay and her husband, Cliff, are the founders of Bene Terre Farm. Bene Terre is a small market farm focusing on biodiversity, soil health, land regeneration, and environmentally conscious in their farming practices. In this episode, talk about how Lindsay and her family transitioned from their Colorado life to farm living in Missouri. They dive into the process that is allowing for this earth-friendly farm to take shape, along with what the vision is once the farm is self-sustaining and they are able to let it flow through its seasons. Their sweet, beautiful daughter Mabel joins in the conversation along the way, as does her husband Cliff. There was lots of excitement as the chicks were enjoying their first worm meal. In this first season of the Live Your Raw Life podcast, we are discussing the physical health component, and I felt it was important to highlight this earth-friendly farm in order to bring awareness of where our food actually comes from. I was listening to another Rich Roll podcast, and he had guest Zach Bush, MD, on the show, who is one of my personal heroes. They were having a conversation about farmers and soil health and the link to our own personal health. This made me think of the Bene Terry farm and their mission, which is so opposite of big corporate farming. I felt it was an important topic to highlight, and I am so glad that Lindsay was willing to join me. Enjoy the show. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. We first met when we were teaching at the same school here in Colorado. And the first time that I chatted with her, I knew we not only had a special connection, but I just wanted to be around her more. She and her family just recently relocated from Colorado to Missouri, where they are starting up a farm. It's not just any farm. This farm is going to be special on many levels. This woman holds so much wisdom. In fact, I saw this in her instantly, and she was a huge catalyst in me really doing the hard work and deepening my own personal healing. I'm so thankful our paths have crossed in this lifetime. We for sure have a special connection, and it's no doubt that we've had some past lives together. I would like to welcome this beautiful soul to the show. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. Gosh, I'm tearing up a little bit and blushing at the same time after that sweet intro. Yes, me too. <laughs> Lindsay, I'm so happy to have you here, and I'm looking to hear so much more about the progress of your new farm and how things are going for you. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, I just want to start with asking you, what is your bedtime routine? So I've been thinking about this, really don't have much of them. Right now we are living um, in a one like room uh, apartment with our two-year-old. So we all are in like 500 square feet. This used to be a garage, but our 
new old house needs a lot of work. So we just renovated this first as like a, you know, guest house one day. So anyway, it's hard to have your own bedtime routine. So I basically um, do a two-year-old bedtime routine. So we, you know, after dinner, we read and play a little, and then we just brush our teeth and put pajamas on and lay down and go to sleep at like eight o'clock. Awesome. Yeah. I noticed that when I just kind of was looking at some pictures on Instagram that I saw like the kitchen table and then the bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's tight, but it's cozy. <laughs> and you and Cliff used to live in camper. So this is actually probably a little spacious. That's it's exactly right. We are um, no strangers to small spaces and we actually enjoy them. There's no, no room to avoid your family, right? If you're all so close. And we have 15 acres, so we don't need much inside. Um, but yeah, we went from the camper, which was a cab over, small, to like a basement apartment. And then our last house was like 800 square feet. And this is 500. So it's all right around there. <laughs> but that's so fitting for you guys because that's totally. just, it's just who you are. It's awesome. Yeah, I love totally. That. It's great. And one day we'll have a lovely old farmhouse. I know. I keep watching like the destruction of some of the things that are happening there yeah. too. Like the antlers that were like, how were those even attached to the wall? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, there was one set of fake ones and it like was a thing that moved. It was a plastic thing that sang a song. It was called <laughs> Uncle Buck. <laughs> and the best part is when we took them all off the wall, the smoke stains were like, intense that room was white not gray turns out yeah wow yeah but we're getting there yeah yeah i excited <laughs> to see the process of that too but it was yeah. i'm that was answering some of my questions because i was like well where are they living in my head i thought you actually just like redid the kitchen because <laughs> I mean, like what if so we actually took the cabinets so this is kind of part of like what we're doing, right? We want to make a better earth out of, you know, being environmentally conscious. So we, from the old house, like there's a main historic house. It's like a hundred years old. And then there's like this little breezeway that right now is enclosed, but we plan to open it up and separate it again and just have the roof like a true breezeway to an area that was a garage, a two car garage. And that's where we are now. So then the garage was converted by a former owner to like a daycare. And then it was just kind of in disrepair. One of the adult sons lived there and kind of trashed it and that's how we got it um so we remodeled in here first but we were like trying to save money so we had been to ikea and we were like building an ikea kitchen and i was just online all the time like using the tool redoing it trying to cut costs right and um then so i knew all the measurements i'd memorized them all where i was going to put what and what it was going to look like and then I was standing in the old kitchen making coffee one day when we were here to work and do demo. And I looked around and I got the tape measure and I was like, oh, we've got cabinets. <laughs> I measured them off and then I sectioned them. And the funny thing is they were custom built inside that kitchen. Oh so my like, gosh. And there's foundation issues. So one of the countertops was an inch and a half taller than another one. So we just like cut them out with a sawzall and sanded them and refabbed them to work in here and look see they're there i know it's beautiful I, it actually reminds me a little bit of your kitchen yeah. you lived here right yeah it's so it's so pretty funny um so yeah it, it probably was confusing we were in that taking parts and adding them here and um but yes we're living in what was a garage 
That's right awesome. Now. I love it. Yeah. A little jealous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to chat just a little bit because I know that teaching, which is how I met you, was not what you actually went to school for. So would you mind to just give us a little bit of a background on, and especially like a, a, a little bit about where your passions really lie? Yeah, so um, when I was kind of an older high school student, I had my first environmental education, which is kind of crazy, but growing up in Missouri, it's just, um, it's not really prevalent. Like still you can't really find recycling and things like that. So it was really never part of my world, but I always loved being outside and like animal shows and nature shows and stuff like that. But I just never really knew where to direct that energy um, just with you know how I spent my time growing up here, like in a neighborhood and on the swim team and stuff. So um, after that unit in high school, I decided I really wanted to do um, environmental studies, which prior to me being 18, I didn't even realize was a thing. And so once I figured that out, I started looking at colleges and um, based on that program, and I ended up choosing CU Boulder for their program for environmental studies. And I always wanted to move out of state. It was like my dream to go out of state. I worked so hard academically in high school so I could make that happen, and I did. And um, it was great. I was able to transfer a lot of credits and then I got there and I was able to jump right into my core curriculum, which I loved. And so it was very apparent right away. I was choosing the right thing. I was so passionate. Um, I was for, I worked at the CU Recycling and I would stand like in my dorm and wear like a recycling shirt and like point out where people should put their stuff. And <laughs> So I said, it's one of my favorite t-shirts. Uh, we we want to see you recycling. So um, yeah, I just loved it. And then I started taking geology courses and I realized, oh my God, I've never learned about geology and I love geology. And so I ended up doing so many extra courses that I got a minor in geology. So I ended up out of CU with a major in environmental studies with an emphasis in policy. And um a minor in geology and I always sort of wanted to like my thesis in college if I had written like a formal thesis would have been on what's the best way we can help the environment you know it's the the most important thing that we have you know there is no society without a healthy environment and all these things and so my conclusion was it can't be just grassroots grassroots up you know and it can't be like federal regulations down so it needs to be some sort of combination of like top down and bottom up approach so I decided it was state level politics. So I got an internship um, and I graduated in um, 2010. So right after the recession and I was looking kind of at like um, lobbying. So I wanted to be a lobbyist with state government um, for environmental groups and things like that. There were just so little positions at that time to work for a nonprofit. So I got an internship at the state Capitol with an amazing Senator Gail Schwartz out of um, like the Sawatch area, and she was incredible. Did lots of great work there, but it also became very obvious to me that I did not want to be in politics <laughs> because just the quality of life. I had been with Cliff at this point, and he is so easygoing and really taught me how to slow down and just enjoy my day-to-day -day and not worry just about ambition. And after seeing the young people at the Capitol, I realized, like, that's not my way of doing this you know it's just not direct enough for me so um that's when we lived in the camper take a couple of years to travel around and um 
you know, just kind of do our thing. But then we needed jobs. So I decided I love kids, was always a nanny, and I love science. Why don't I just substitute teach? Which then led to teaching. So got my teaching degree, started teaching, and it was nice to be, you know, talking about science every day. So few people actually get to use their degree. And I love kids, and their energy is great. And so it was a lot of fun and a good fit for a while. I ended up at a job I really enjoyed. Um, the position I had at my school was pretty ideal for a science teacher. And I had amazing opportunities to work with people with kids doing citizen science and going hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park and collecting data to give to the public. So I was kind of living like the science teacher's dream. Um, but it was never my dream to be a science teacher. And after a few years, and then we had our daughter, um, I just kept thinking more and more that I'd like to have a more direct impact. You know, I'm teaching kids about the importance of, you know, taking care of our earth and our carbon footprint and all your choices matter, power of the consumer. And I love sharing that with kids. And I did feel that it was important to um, do that work. But, you know, I'd find myself showing videos about farmers and the techniques they're doing and how you can lower carbon emissions by not tilling. And, and our favorite pastime is gardening. So, you know, then the next kind of transition for us was, um, you know, do we really want to be doing this? We're spending all day away from our family or the people we choose to be around and we love so much. And it started just to feel a little bit backwards that we were away from them all day at jobs we felt okay about, you know, we liked them, um, but to pay our bills, you know, and then we're paying our bills and then we're spending our spare time in our garden, you know, growing food and learning more about what we're really interested in. And that's kind of what led us to here. So this, a couple things, just to bring it back, like your knowledge of the earth and the flora and the fauna that is everywhere yeah. in fact now when isaac and i go places in fact when we were in costa rica we were like "Ooh, this is really cool i wish Lindsay was here because she <laughs> tell us what this is or at least i'd give you a pretty confident guess and you might yeah. believe me <laughs> believe you for sure <laughs> But we do that a lot of times, like on our hikes, we're like, oh, oh, this? this is really cool. Yeah. I wish Lindsay was here because yeah. I know she knows, um, especially in this area. But it was very, very clear that the natural beauty of the earth is definitely an energy that you hold very, very close. And yeah. the garden that you guys had here was a huge testament to that. I mean, that garden was beautiful and ginormous. Especially for being, yeah, it, I, I don't even know how big it was, but I feel like right. it was as big as your living room bedroom. I think it was the size of our house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could safely say it was at least the size of the house. <laughs> yes, I think so. Like, it was so uh, yeah. It was just always, I remember you guys were actually, I think, in Italy when mm -hmm. I Isaac and I went over to like water the yard and check yeah. out the garden. And yeah, I just remember looking at that garden going, first of all, I think like, oh my gosh, that's so much work. Yeah. For you, I know you look at it like, oh, you just want to, you want to like love all, you love all those. Exactly. Things. I want to take care of them all. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, it's just so, so apparent how essential this move was for you yeah. now yeah. just want to if you could just share a little bit more in depth because 
the story of how you ended up from Longmont to Missouri is very much, I feel, in line with what Live Your Raw Life is all about. And it's really in your heart and listening to the universe and following that when it's calling. So I wouldn't mind you share that a little bit. Yeah. You know, Cliff and I think it's really important to kind of like just pay attention to what's going on in your world and um, use it to inform your decisions. You know, I think that you can't do everything off a whim like that. Like, oh, it told me to, you know, but when you combine them all and you see the patterns, then you can really kind of use them, you know? So, you know, a few things happen like logistics, like Cliff's mom passed last year. And part of why we had been staying was to help take care of her, you know? And then when she was gone, we really got to thinking like, well, you know, now we can kind of move, you know, we're not anchored here anymore. And Cliff had been ready for a change kind of from the ski world that I had from the teaching world. So we started just thinking, you know, what do we love? We love being outside. We love being together. We love kind of dictating our own path and time with family. These are the things we value, the earth, taking care of it, making it a better place, you know, Um, all of our actions kind of contributing to that. So we got to thinking, you know, maybe we should start a farm, you know, we could have lifetime learning. Both of our skill sets lend itself really well to that. Um, And so Missouri, because my family's from there and I'm from there and I've lived away for 12 years and my mom is sick and she's doing okay now, but life's short. We learned from, you know, Cliff's mom's situation. And we just thought it'd be nice to kind of share some of this time with our daughter, with other families. So we started looking at properties in Missouri and that was about a year ago, a little more. And we were finding things and the cost of living is so much less. And our house had appreciated a lot. So again, kind of the logistics of the world, just paying attention, you know, and, um, and we just saw our house rising and we were like, we could trade out and be debt free. And I watched this show on Netflix called how to live mortgage free, which was a big inspiration. And it just, it really is so freeing, you know? And so that became a goal of ours. Like, okay, we want to be mortgage free. We want jobs that we believe in and are passionate about. Um, and we want to spend time together. So we were looking at like straight raw properties, but then we really got to thinking about how much money that was going to cost permitting, uh, clearing the land of woodland and all of that, you know, and he and I both, when we would drive around Longmont and the surrounding area, we just feel so sad when we would see those beautiful old farms, you know, first you see it kind of empty and then you see the boards and then you see the for sale sign and then you see a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it just got like, it just made us feel so sad. Like, why won't someone love it and, you know, make it a farm again. And so it really suited us that, you know, we found, we saw this property, it popped up and it was more than I wanted to spend. And, but it was still like, you know, about what we spent on our house in Longmont, you know, four years ago. So still so cheap, but it was more than we wanted to spend. And so we kind of brushed it aside and thought, oh, well, you know, we don't want to spend that much. We'll just, you know, keep an eye out when the right thing presents itself. We'll know. So then, um, and this was in September and then it popped up again, like with a price drop a couple days before we had a previously planned trip to Missouri for a friend's wedding. So I told Cliff like, okay, it price dropped. We'll just like go drive by when we're there and see if we want to look at it. So we drove by, drove by and we were immediately like, okay, yeah, we got to see this place closer. We need to go with a realtor. It's pretty amazing. You know, it checks all the boxes and more. 
so we go with the realtor and that was actually terrifying because we came inside the house. <laughs> so like, oh God, this place is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's really scary. Uh, there was a live caged rodent in the room that we're living in now. And it was a groundhog, but it had a sign on it that said Rock Hyrax. And I'm pretty sure that the son of the people who like, were living here was into exotic animal trading. Oh, like Tiger King. Yeah, sure. I haven't watched it, but I'm pretty cool. sure that's exactly what this guy's like. We found like reptile hatching things and we have confirmation. We're in one of the bedrooms of the main house. And I said to Cliff, I think there's been a bobcat in here, Cliff, because <laughs> I saw these marks on the wall. Like, and then he goes, no, that guy was just throwing a knife. And I'm like, I don't know. They're too parallel. And then sure enough, this guy, big uh, Mike, who comes around to take scrap, confirmed that there was a bobcat living in that room and an alligator in the basement. What? And then Cliff found a snakeskin in the ceiling here. And then we really cleaned it out good. And we did a very, very thorough energy clearing. Like we did one with the smoke, but we let this like CD play that Lloyd, my friend Alexis's mom, who does the energy work, she gave it to me. And it's like this Indian lady chanting and we played it for a week in the basement, <laughs> like on repeat. I don't know if I'd ever turn it off. <laughs> so anyway, back to the story. After we saw the inside, we were like, well, that's going to need a lot of work, but maybe they'll go down on the price because we love the land. The land is just stunning. So there's a spring-fed pond. They have all of these old historic outbuildings that we just were so motivated to fix up and make them work again because you know things built a hundred years ago were built to last families generations you know and they're just so solid so the house was built in 1918 i found in the smallest shed there was carved in the rafter 1922 and it's just so charming and it sits on a nice hill facing like east and then behind us there's an 850 acre nature reserve so we had beautiful hikes right out the back door. We've been going mushroom hunting at night after dinner. And it is just amazing to have all that space right there that you don't have to like pay for, right? Like keep, you can just enjoy it. Yeah. And, um, and it's got good visibility to the road when we want to start our, you know, farm stand. Um, and basically all of it is full sun. So we can grow things wherever we want. And we have an incredible source of spring water and it's just constantly running. And so it's pretty amazing. Uh, the land is, which is why we were like, we just can't miss out on this. Yeah. So we um, kind of went back and forth like, okay, this is a big thing. You know, do we put an offer in? Do we not? And um, we just felt like, yeah, the universe was like presenting it to us. And then when I was here, my Lloyd, she came to look with us and she said, Oh my God, like, Last night, I met with my friend Stan, and he is a soil biologist, and he loves helping in, you know, education about farming and all these things, and, you know, just the combination of it just felt too much, and my mom had decided she was going to retire, and, you know, before we even considered this, so just with help from Abel, and um, yeah, it all just kind of fit into place. So we put an offer in and after kind of some back and forth, um, we ended up getting it and I quit my teaching job mid year, which was really hard 
And I knew I was ready, you know, I probably could have happily gone on teaching. And that's actually kind of what we like about this move too, is that we made this decision really consciously. It wasn't out of necessity. It was just what we chose. We both had really good jobs that we were content in. We enjoyed our coworkers. Like I would say, you know, we're mostly pretty darn happy. We just wanted a little bit more depth to, you know, our days and what we were doing, um, connecting to our passions. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. I remember when I first met you, you recommended the Eckhart Tolle book, the a new earth. Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. Yeah. Yes. A New Earth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I read that book and it was one of those books that I just read and was like, oh my gosh, Isaac, you got to listen to the sentence. I mean, paragraph. I mean, fuck it. I'm reading you the whole chapter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because it was so good. And that is, when I think of that book and I think of you on both trajectories, right? Like on teaching your teaching path yeah. and now watching you where you are, it feels like you're super in line. Do you feel like you're living your richly authentic, aligned, wholesome life? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that you know, there's certainly still sort of like the daily like ups and downs, you know. Um, but I think that's okay. And I do feel pretty in line. I feel like I definitely make sort of guttural decisions like, okay, I'm just going to do this, but then it's committed, you know, because, and I think that it is sort of like subconsciously because I know what's right already. I don't need to kind of have that long debate in my head about should I or shouldn't I, because I already feel that it's right. Mm -hmm. You know, and really even the same was true, like just with me and Cliff as a couple, like we just kind of knew, like when we met, that was that. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think we both sort of have this quality that we kind of like jump all in and make quick decisions, but they tend to be ones that are good for us. So I am hoping that you can um, share with us how you got to the name of your farm. Sure. So, um, the name of our farm, it took a little while. Um, we were going back and forth. Everything here is crooked. So at first we thought about calling it the crooked little farm because like all of the buildings are leaning and like really messed up. Um, but then my dad pointed out that we would sound like crooks. So I, he's like, you can't call a business crooked. So. So then we were like, okay, not the crooked little farm, but no, we, uh, before we came, we wanted to call it the be the change farm. And we love the quote, be the change you wish to see in the world, um, by Gandhi. Um, and that's really, you know, what led us to this decision. You know, we, we want to see a world that's healthy, um, both like, you know, human physical health, but also mental health, spiritual health, you know, consciousness environmentally and, um, spiritually and, so we wanted to live that, which is, and this is the way we felt we would best do that. And so we thought about calling it that. So we named our LLC BTC. And um, then we decided, you know, maybe that's a little preachy and a little cliche. Maybe we'll think, yeah, keep thinking, you know. So I was just sort of, I don't know, I think I was thinking about it at night, you know, when you like wake up and we have a two-year-old and she wakes up a lot at night and then I can't go back to sleep. So I was just thinking and I like, I really love languages. And so I was just kind of trying to get creative with like sending a message in our name. Um, 
And so I came down to Benetere because Ben A, the prefix uh, means good. And our last name's Bennett. So it was kind of a play off of that. Um, like, you know, benefit and beneficiary and all of that. And um, so Ben A fit really well. And then Terry means earth. And um, earth, though, like as it translates to directly beneath your feet, like you're standing on the earth, the soil. Um, and it means it in Italian. And we love Italy. We love their food system. And we also are using old world farming techniques. So it kind of suited it that it was in Italian. And to us, Benetari means that you're doing farming for the good of the earth beneath your feet, like soil quality and for the whole earth, the macrocosm of the entire earth with environmentally conscious practices. So that's how Benetari Farms came to be. I love it. I so love it. I was like... I love their name and I know for sure Lindsay chose it because there's a very significant meaning behind it, but I don't know what it is. I was a member, well, still am. I'm a lifetime member of uh -huh. in St. Cloud, Minnesota, where we lived. It was like $100 for a lifetime membership and it was called the Good Earth Food Co-op. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> So what does your time like look like? Like, I know I've seen on Instagram, you have, you know, your plots, like you kind of have everything lined up where everything. Yeah, we've got. So it's been an adventure. We're definitely feeling a little behind um, because we, I forgot the seasons come so much sooner here. You know, it, it, I guess what I should say is they're more like true seasons, you know, in Colorado, it's so like winter and summer. Either within one. days yes. I mean, yes. and or the same day you know oh, yeah. it's either hot or it's cold yeah and here it's like we're having a true spring and you know it it started right when you would expect spring to start and everything got green and so that was kind of like oh god like we need to get stuff going so um but you know we've kind of let ourselves slow down and we knew this year would be a learning year and we just need to let ourselves like figure it out we're you know we're buying uh, we bought a, um, walk behind tractor because it's like, it has less soil compaction. So we think it's a little better for the earth. And we plan to do one till to, cause right now it's just all pasture. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we didn't this winter, you know, cover everything with organic matter. We were just busy getting into living here. Um, so we tilled it and then we are planting in it with some compost and some aged manure from the barn. And then we are um, planning to cover it over winter to prepare for next year. But yeah, I mean, this year there's just been so much structural work and infrastructure work that um, we're kind of like, you know, it's like we're following the biodynamic calendar. We're hoping to be a biodynamic farm, um, which kind of aligns like the other celestial bodies to yours. And so you are on a timing, like a moon planting schedule, kind of much like Streganona, which we love, by the way. Yes, and we love Streganona. Mabel totally loves Streganona. And it's like exactly what we're doing. You are so right. I know when you were explaining that, I was like, God, I've heard this before. Where have I heard Yeah, this? I know this process. <laughs> oh my God, my dad was like, well, I think we should have passive streams of revenue on your website, you know? I'm like, okay, dad. He's like, you know, like, buy things and then put your farm's name on it. I'm like, no, I don't stand for that. Not allowed. Like I draw the line there. 
And he's like, okay, well, you could like just recommend products like an affiliate, you know? And I was like, okay, I could do that. And he was like, so what do you want to put on your website? And I was like, dad, I don't know. I don't know. And then I was like, I want to put this kid's book, Stregonona. Yes. <laughs> right? I can put it on the website and be like, how to explain biodynamic gardening to kids. Yes. It's so perfect. <laughs> I know. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I think about that all the time, actually. So we just had a full moon, you know, uh -huh. weeks ago. Right. And every time there is a full moon and, and I can see it, it shines right in our window and it's uh -huh. so bright. It's, you know how the full moons are here. Like I know. Yeah. It's just intense. Every yes. Time. Right. And um, I always think of that book, every full moon. Thing to the like, moon and the three kisses. Yes, the three kisses. Exactly. I know. And then I it's think so of sweet. Anthony's shit show farm, like his little garden. I know. Yes. Anthony and Bombalona. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad you did too. Yeah. And Mabel will grab it and say, Nona, Nona. <laughs> so it's a hit. But yeah, so you know, there's certain days of the month that are root days and you focus only on root plants and then other days that are leaf days. And then um, based on kind of the earth's energy at that time. So it's pretty interesting. I'm learning a lot about it. But, you know, there's some days where I'm like, okay, it's a flower day. We're going to do this. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, but we have to build the flower bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God, like we need to, you know, so it's a learning curve and a steep one. But, yeah, we're figuring it out. So our timeline is like do our best, you know. We've got potatoes in the ground, onions in the ground, garlic has been in since fall. Um, just trying to keep up with the seasonal plantings and, you know, we'll sell what we can this year, but a lot of this year is definitely like building infrastructure and learning. Um, but we do, we did get a stand at a farmer's market, but because of coronavirus, it's postponed until May 16th. So, okay. yeah, which actually for us ended up being kind of nice because then we had the extra time, for you sure. know. So you're yeah. thinking this year your plan like for produce is going to be like root vegetables for the most part? So we'll plan to grow everything. We just haven't put it all in yet. So we okay. started like tomato seeds and all that. So we'll, we still plan to grow basically everything we can um, from a vegetable standpoint. We planted some berry bushes. Our, we'll focus on just high biodiversity. So I think we've got like, so I have like five or no, six potato varieties, four onion varieties. So just, you know, high biodiversity, everything we can. We'll do the traditional summer veg, um, but we'll direct sow those so they're not ready to go in yet. And um, yeah, our plans to do all the produce that we can and then, you know, plant fruit trees so that a few years we can have that kind of stuff too. So. And you are such an amazing chef. Like you can whip up things that are just so amazingly delicious. How are you going to be able to determine, and you guys probably have this down maybe to a little bit more of a science than what I can wrap my mind around because you've done this, you've had yeah. your garden and you canned and you've uh -huh. done all that, but how are you going to be able to determine like how much you keep for yourself? Or uh, you know what? This is the thing, like I have so much to learn about the business side. I'm just going to take things as we need for ourselves, you know, and, and then, you know, I am going to, I do have a lot to learn about like how much, you know, potato, because we have storage potatoes, like how much do I save back for a whole year, you know? Right. Um, so I do have a lot to learn in that regard, but I think 
you know, in the months that it's producing, I'm just going to take it. And like, luckily we're the only employees. So like, I feel like that is like a lot less complicated in a way than having employees that you need to like give salaries because it's just us. And part of our business plan is to keep it that way. We want to keep it simple. Even if we like do great and crush it, we still want to just stay small, you know, and just get really good at what we're doing and just keep increasing the quality. We'd love to eventually get animals. Um, and just kind of, you know, basically like a glorified homestead. So I know that you guys got the chicks in a couple of weeks ago and uh -huh. the coop. Are, what other animals mm -hmm. do you guys think that you're going to get? So we'll focus on ones that can provide a service to the farm, which almost all of them can, you know. Um, but probably next we would want to get a cow, which seems like such a big jump from a chicken to a cow. And it is. But um, they, their poop is like gold. So especially in the biodynamic farming, that's like the key to compost is cow manure. And it's best to have it from your own farm because we want to be self-sustaining. And so we'd really love to get a couple cows um, just for their manure and their grazing. Um, and then possibly in the future, like we are omnivores. So um, we would consider doing like a calving operation and just taking some for ourselves, and then maybe slowly just selling really small sustainable quantities of meat i love it i can't wait to come <laughs> visit and just oh, no me too the whole operation and yes i feel like when we come see it it'll probably still be in an infancy stage oh yes i'm sure yeah i mean eventually like years down the road you mentioned the cooking like i'm hoping we can host like dinners one night a week and do things like that we'd love to make this back area into a rental and just kind of, you know, highlight on farm hospitality and stuff like that. So I always had this vision of you and Cliff starting a food truck just because <laughs> you make such amazing food. And I actually think I said it to Isaac a couple times. Right. Yeah. I just think, you know, maybe they should live because Cliff was up in the ski world. So you guys right. you know, were up there. I'm like, what if she You know, we floated the idea of like a soup truck, you know, like and park it at the top of Brainerd. And just be right there when people finish and you sell soup. See? Exactly. We did. We floated it. But now we're thinking we'll just, you know, cook what we've got and do, you know, we'd love to eventually. Kansas City is, like, so up and coming right now. Like, they just are having kind of a renaissance there, which is really cool and exciting to see. And they're getting some great restaurants. So we'd love to eventually build, you know, chef relationships and, um, I think go to direct to consumer and direct to restaurant would be our preference, you know? So um, the rooster yeah. is something similar to that. So it could be like yeah. a course too. Like, right. I feel yeah. like that would be a huge learning curve as well. Like how do you get oh, it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I have no idea how that works and like if there's regulate more regulations around it. And you know, that's a reason why we're starting with veg. There's a lot more regulations once you get into selling meat. Yeah. Um, as it should be, you know, um, but yeah, starting with veg. So, yeah. So where can listeners and that are in your community follow along with your journey and where will they be able to purchase some of your produce this year? So you can follow along, um, on our Instagram at Benetary Farms and, um, that's spelled B-E-N-E-T-E-R-R-E. -E -E -E. 
Um, and then, you know, we're working on the website, so eventually we'll have that. Um, but yeah, mostly we'll just be selling right here. So we're in Oak Grove, Missouri, which is like the farthest East, um, town in Jackson County, which is the same as Kansas city. So we'll be at the Lee summit farmer's market and we're hoping to eventually be in some bigger farmer's markets. Um, there's, there's an organic one in Kansas city that we'd love to do, um, in a few years, but for now we summit hopefully and a farm stand just here at the farm. Yay. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being open and willing to, um, give us some of your time and just take us through the process on how you got to where you are right now. And I hope that your listeners around Missouri, um, Oak Grove, tune in because knowing you, there is going to be so many good things that come from this farm and it's going to be so amazing and so special. And, um, I'm just Thanks. so honored that you're here because you yes, are I'm so happy to talk with you. You are like raw like at the core. Like it's not <laughs> that. And I think I want to like make sure that I'm living in alignment with who I'm supposed to be. You are who I think of always, even though you were in a position that wasn't like your dream. Yeah. It fit you and you did like you carried yourself through it with such grace. And anybody that knows you is just knows what I'm talking about because you're just so amazing. I just love you so Thank much. Thank you, Rachel. That's so sweet. And I love you and I miss you. I know. I miss you too. And so nice to uh, you. yes, finally we get to like chat and sweet little I know. Mabel, what did you do all the time? Oh, she really wants to hold it. Okay. I know. Hold. Did you go outside, Mabel? Yeah. Yeah. Did you go on the swing? Oh, you're going to see the chickies are freaking out over worms. Oh, the chickies are eating worms. It's very exciting. It's their oh, first worm. <laughs> Lindsay is such a beautiful soul. Her vibrant personality and magnetic energy shines so clearly in this episode. It is so fun to follow the journey and see this earth-friendly farm starting to take shape. You too can follow the journey through Instagram and soon the Bene Terry Farm website. The farm's Instagram handle can be found in this episode's show notes, as well as the books mentioned, Strega Nona's Harvest by Tommy D. Paola, and A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose by Eckhart Tolle. Right now, the farm is in search of and accepting compost donations from their local community. If you would be willing to keep and donate your kitchen scraps, Benetary would love to take it off your hands. So if you live in the Oak Grove area of Missouri, please reach out to the Bene Terry farm and donate your kitchen scraps to them. We are hoping to do a check-in at the end of the summer to see how the farm is responding to its new role of being a biodiverse, earth-conscious food supply for the local community. I hope after listening to this story, you seek and find a local farmer near you Support those that love our Mother Earth just as Cliff and Lindsay do in order to feed your body nutrient-dense, rich produce. The energy you put into your body is the energy you will get out of it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. Thank you for your time, energy, and presence. I am forever grateful for you and your motivation to improve your quality of life. Heal yourself. Heal the world. It's always an adventure adventure awaits. If something in this episode resonated with you, 
please subscribe and leave a review while you are there. I will be back with you next week, Thursday, sending light, love, and positive energy your way. We'll see you next week. 